Bases Loaded 2, Second Season. Do you have what it takes to play and manage a World Series team? Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, currently in the uh, baseball universe, we are in like winter meetings time where there's a bunch of like owners getting together in what I imagine is a log cabin in a really snowy (laughs) place because it's called winter meetings. Yeah. And they just like exchange fat stacks of cash. For players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want to say to our, our, our listeners real quick, I'm sorry for putting you through some, some chewing gum earlier. We were thinking about making it like we were all managers chewing gum. I did it. Didn't sound great. But um, I'm going to stop now. I appreciate your effort, though, Sean, because this is a game where you are uh, simultaneously the players and the manager. Yeah, and it's it's almost like, it's great that you know there there are these there are these baseball games where you only get to play as like half the players at a time, and there are some baseball games where you get to play as all the players at the time, and this is one of the latter. A little bases loaded retrospective because this is our first baseball sequel game, uh, a little refresher, if you will. Bases loaded. The, the big appeal in that game for us, at least, listening back on the episode, was that it had a much more realistic looking take on baseball, going for the TV style presentation from center field um, with the pitcher on the mound and uh, the batter only facing uh, this, you know, unlike all the other baseball games where you then like control from the batter's perspective, this always stayed in the TV perspective. Bases Loaded also had a full season available. Uh, What a full season was, I I don't quite remember. It might've been a, a shorter season, not a full 162 games, but that was there. And we also commented that the game overall had a bit of a sluggish feel in terms of pace of play, which would be, uh, you know, a nightmare in today's baseball world because that's what all they're trying to do is just solve how to make the game faster and faster. They want these games to be like under two hours. <laughs> and they just this season coming up, they introduced like a pitch clock so that pitchers have to throw the ball again within a certain time or else. I don't, I don't know what happens or else. I, I didn't look that far into it. But what will, what will the repercussions be? Can they, they really yards. do anything? Yeah, there's a 10-yard <laughs> penalty. Right. The bases come just closer like to the batters. Second base. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, and this sort of sticks with that, um, with the bases loaded feel, at least, like, in that, in that hit screen. It, it still has that more realistic viewpoint. Yeah, I'd say Bases Loaded 2 is mostly the same game as the original, but with the ability to manage the players, not only in terms of like building lineups and stuff like that, but to actually have those players grow and shrink depending on their performance from game to game, kind of creating the real life effect of being hot or being in a slump. Yeah, not physically grow or shrink, though. <laughs> right, right, right. Very yeah, strange. Yeah. That's MLB Slugfest <laughs> for the GameCube. Joe, any takes on this whole player performance feature? Uh, so I'm always, I'm always down for that. I'll be honest. I, I'll, I'm going to need you guys to sort of uh, be my, be my eyes and ears as far as like the actual like 
uh, roster kind of changing gameplay and like player performance. I did not play a significant amount of like a season. I played like two games, so yeah. I didn't really get to like really see what the um, like what what impact that has on like playing a bunch of games or like what impact it has after playing um many games in a row. How how you see that like Joe played. That a good amount of like the career portion or like the management portion of this game on a blanket. Um, <laughs> yes. He, I, he tried to keep the I, rosters <laughs> managed that way. Yeah. I have a blanket with a grid. Uh, <laughs> I just put up a YouTube video and then I just pretend that I was playing on a dance pad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um, funny, Joe, you only said you said you only played two games. And so you don't have time to really know anything about the player performance. Not that, like, you know, two games is an awful long time and base is loaded. So I'm not <laughs> saying you didn't give your fair shake here. What I'm saying is, is that when you start this game, the manual doesn't tell you, like, there isn't, like, a cool um, stats page in the back of the manual for each player and, like, what they're good at or, like, you know, what their initial ratings are. You boot up the game, you go pick your team, and you don't even find out if this team is any good until after you finish your first game. Then you're greeted with the stats after that first game. Yeah, you get like an idea, like there's there's something of a of a presentation where each batter comes to the plate and they've got like stats from last year. So you kind of see like, oh, they're their uh batting percentage is up there, the amount of home runs they hit is up there, but like this isn't based on the game. This is just the game, like sort of, uh, prescribed these stats to this player. So you get an idea of sort of what their capabilities are from that, at least. Yeah, that's a good point. But they there's an actual um like stat for each of those things that is covered inside the game that you can check. Uh, it's different between pitchers and batters, but basically there is a physical sensitivity and intellectual rating for each person. So. Um, for the, I'll break it down in here. The pitcher physical means that, uh, how long they can go and their control of pitching over the course of a game. Sensitivity is their speed on the ball and their intellectual rating is how, how much they can curve the ball, uh, which sounds kind of crazy that, um, it's like, you have, really really yeah, you have to be really smart. Yeah, you have to be really smart to know how to throw the curveball. It's all geometry, you know? Right. <laughs> they do all the geometry in their head. Yeah, and it's funny, though. Like, a really high intellectual player can basically bring the ball all the way from the top of the plate all the way down to the bottom, and so it kind of crosses the entire strike zone before landing in the dirt. And I, I got to imagine that would fool most human players. The computer seems to have a good grip on things, but most human players would probably swing, you know, before it, it reaches the dirt. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, uh, even even not even fully grasping these concepts, I think uh, the, the pitching on the computer end is, is still pretty good in this game. Yeah, and then for the batters, physical means their contact with the ball, sensitivity is their power with the bat, and the intellectual is their, like, this, I thought this was interesting. It's their clutch factor. Basically, how, how much better they'll be able to put the ball in play when there are runners on either second or, and or third base. So runners in scoring position. And that's kind of more what I wanted to see in this game is what was described in that intellectual factor there for the batters. Meaningful team building stats. You know, not just like, oh yeah, this guy, you know, he's, he's tall and he's got, and he's, large in weight so he's got large power you know just like comic book style presentation to that 
And so, yeah, you might be able to hit the ball harder with him. I liked the idea of players being clutch in certain kinds of performances based on where the rest of their team are and then trying to figure out where you want to slot them into the lineup accordingly. Yeah, that whole, like, intangible tangibility, uh, like, putting a stat on that is pretty interesting. And, like, oh, I mean, I don't really know too much about the... uh, um, the strategy of baseball, I only really know what Mike lets me know, but um, I would imagine you might want to put him in like the four slot, you know, we get a couple people on base and then he can, he can strike them in. Right. Beautiful, Sean. Very well it said. It sounds like, it sounds like Mike is like withholding knowledge from you. Like, he's oh yeah. You. He's, he's censoring all your, your baseball. Viewers. All those Mets games. He just sort of like <laughs> lets me, I mean, I don't need to know basis. Right. Yeah. It's true though. At the end of the day, the most important thing in baseball, in my, you know, my opinion, there are other people who are going to tell you other stats are very important. War seems to be a very important stat these days. I would argue that the most important stat in baseball is just your on-base percentage. Does this guy get on base? And that's like now, something... Now, is that OBPS or is that OPS? That's OBP. OBP. Yeah. Okay. OPS is a mixture of that and slugging. So uh, and slugging's <laughs> like, you know... When you hit like doubles and, and so on. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah anything yeah, better yeah. than that. So this way it's like, wow, not only does this guy get on base, but he fucking crushes the ball. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a great OPS would be even more impressive. However, a guy with a high slugging could also have a lot of, um, you know, Whiffs. fly outs and, yeah, strikeouts and stuff like that. And that's not particularly useful either. So, all that to say, none of this really matters in this game. Like, we're talking a lot of like sabermetrics and baseball strategy <laughs> now. You don't need that in, in this game. Because although the ratings are dependent on the particular player, you it says in the manual that you can't make somebody who's a light hitter all of a sudden just become the home run king uh, because their sensitivity is maxed out. It's just he'll be, for those particular set of, for like maybe the next game or so, he'll be a little better at, at hitting that ball a little harder. But the performance is do- designed to make the like streaks of, of real-life baseball. And I... I Certainly didn't play the game long enough to experience that, but I'd still say that while that's a really cool concept, it didn't it didn't affect so much how I was building my team because of the probably the limited amount of time I was able to spend watching this team grow. So, did you guys feel that? I mean, are you saying that you didn't you didn't feel that it like really kind of did what it was setting out to do? Because in, in my opinion, as someone who didn't play enough to like really experience it, like this gives you something that some of the other many of the other baseball games we've played doesn't or don't give you because uh it gives you like the gives you incentive to play a season you know rather than just like okay you're gonna play a game all right you're gonna play another game you're, another, you're just gonna play 162 games and they're all gonna be rough, roughly the same whereas this like the managing aspect feels like it would give you the incentive to like okay you're watching your team grow you're you have reason to like keep going forward because like y- y- you have progress yeah, I mean, if you're asking me if I played this game long enough to see, like, that very large overarching game mechanic play out, I did not. Like, I feel like you need to play this for, like, eight to ten hours to really get a grasp on that. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And I would just say uh, to Joe's question about, like, is this meaningful, I do think it's it's meaningful because it does change the player performance, which is much better than just being like, you got to trade players to get better players. Like, you know, just having them be flat all year round, it wouldn't, wouldn't be as exciting. I'd say it's maybe a step below 
baseball stars system of like being able to train and develop your players. Like this is more just based on their performance in that game. And so if, if they had, if they went zero for four, their stats go down, you know, and that, that does make sense and, and translates, but it's, it's not as, um, it's not as deep or as rich. It's just based on how good you are as a player, not necessarily, you know, your entire team, like kind of being like, oh, well, this guy is getting hot, but this guy is cold. So if this game, if you played this game for long enough and you never personally improved, you might just like bottom out an entire professional baseball team. Like it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Yes. If you're bad at the game now, granted, they also make it this way, even if you're physical stat is like as low as possible it doesn't mean that you're never going to be able to make contact with the ball it was the the guys who True. have great natural contact stats it just it just fluctuates them slightly and i feel like it's still cool and since this is the meatiest addition to the game i i, I guess that's why we're spending so much time on it but you know there's other things about this game that have changed too there's a there's a few camera differences and i'd like to know from you guys whether you thought these helped or hurt the game yeah, um, I think that in terms of fielding and making it not quite as unwieldy as some previous games that we've played, this was a a huge, a huge like addition to the game. Like, uh, the the angle it's either from like the the first baseline or the third baseline, depending on who who's on defense at the time, and it seems to be that like perfect middle ground of wide enough to know where things are going and sort of have an idea of where your fielders are and close enough to have some kind of control over where you're throwing and like where you're jumping. And I just really liked the way that fielding worked in this game. Yeah. I felt like uh, fielding in this felt, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering some of the other baseball games, but it felt the most, intuitive to control it felt the smoothest and the most like i'm in one-to-one control of the players well a large problem we have with fielding in a lot of the other baseball games is the way that you don't see your outfielders uh, which is arguably a very important position in a game where people are going to uh hit pop-ups that should be easy outs but if you can't see your outfielders you might not be able to get to the ball where the easy out is in time to catch it and then that really affects not only the pace of play, but your ability to win games. This, something about the speed of the ball in play, and they did change the point of view of where, uh, of how they show the ball uh, that's different than bases loaded one. Something about that I thought was a little easier to register as well. There's still going to be line drives that would be impossible to catch unless you, uh, you know, you kind of knew where it was coming, or if you saw the play enough, maybe you'd be able to like perfect a, a dive uh, in a particular direction. I, I, I can't confirm if that's possible. I'm just saying maybe over time you would learn something like that. But being able to make routine plays and understand um, controls was very straightforward in this game, and I thought that really helped. Yeah, I think just that 25-degree that or 45-degree shift for the point of view uh, really helped just like have your mental map a bit clearer. I mean, it's not... It's not crazy to think like if you're if you're at the home ba- if you're ho- at home plate looking out into the field like you should know where your fielders are. It's, that's pretty simple. But that shift, like it clarified in my mental map where everybody should be 
so I wasn't like preemptively moving my fielder in the wrong direction for too long to make the play a triple instead of a double or a double instead of a single. It seemed to be a bit more intuitive in that matter. Other baseball games, I always feel like I'm not, this is going to sound weird, like I'm not in direct control of the fielder, even though obviously I am. It doesn't feel as like one-to-one where like, like I'm controlling a video game character. It feels like I'm, it's almost like I'm putting in an input and it's like picking it up over time or it's You're like, suggesting. okay, you want to go this Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, do you know, do you agree that some <laughs> no, of the I do. games are like this? Previous oh, yeah, baseball want, okay. games and yeah. even some like, uh, like the football games and some soccer games it kind of felt like, oh, that's a suggestion of where the defenses shift or something like that. Yeah, I, I do like, know what you mean. It's like you're controlling like the general tide of the of the game of the of your team rather than just like, oh, I'm controlling these players. Which this yeah. is the first one I really remember and I would have to replay bases loaded one, but like I really remember feeling like, okay, yeah, this is just really intuitive. I'm just controlling, you know, the fielder. I would argue, uh or not argue, but just add that RBI baseball and baseball stars both felt pretty good in terms of controlling the actual players when it came to fielding, it just had a, it was a bit faster. And so maybe it, yeah. it, it becomes harder that to make awesome plays. <laughs> and just in general for this game, the, the pace of play and the, the speed of the game, they've uh, allegedly made it a faster game than Bases Loaded 1. I still felt like, I mean, games run about 20 minutes each. And so if you're not, if you're not doing any of the managing of everything, right? If you're just like playing these games and going game after game after game, you're looking at about 44 hours just to complete the regular season, which is 130 games. And there, you know, there's something to be said about that, that that you don't have to play all 44, like a full season should take you at the very least a full baseball season. Uh, You shouldn't just be like speed running these baseball games, (laughs) but you know, that's a lot of, that's a large commitment, 44 hours. I mean, you know, there are RPGs on the NES that can be completed much faster than that. But if that's the experience you're looking for, and I don't really know too many who do play the full 162 game season in the, <laughs> in the more uh, modern games, they're either playing like a create a player, a, a shortened season where you're just playing your guys like highlights or you're playing a shortened franchise where it's only like 40 something games but like if that's the experience you're looking for then it should be offered and i think that that it in terms of sports games that are offering a season mode i think that that you need that it's not for me in terms of baseball or hockey with these <laughs> 82 and 162 game long seasons, but I think it should be there. Sean, that's a great point because like MLB The Show, which is the prestige baseball game of our time, that I don't think lets you, uh, or it's probably buried deep within the menu system, play a 162 game season. It lets you, yeah. There's a franchise mode, but it just says like, you know, uh, we're just going to bring you to the important moment. So it's like, you know, they automatically simulate the game and it's like the top of the seventh and they're like, hold the lead for the last three innings. Like they're not even having you play full baseball games anymore. Yeah, that is definitely, it's a, it's a toggle. You can play literally every pitch, but it does not default to that. <laughs> Joe, any thoughts on playing a full season and the, the length of, a, you know, you, you've played two games the length of an individual game? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's no secret that these sports games are not for me. I mean, I did grow up uh, once in a while playing different iterations of of, of you know MLB games or or even game, baseball games on the NES because my brother was really into it. Um, for me, I'm all when I'm playing a video game, a sports video game, usually it's always too long. So like, I'm not really the I'm not really the um, the best decider of this i will say that like i um i didn't get bored really fast with this you know i you know i was having fun and i think a lot of that was because they controlled so nicely both in in fielding and in batting but uh so like for me no but also i've not really experienced any of these more modern baseball games where you're not just playing full games all the time yeah, it's almost like the it's a reverse thing now because we're playing we've played the modern games that don't encourage a full nine inning game. Going back and playing a twenty minute long baseball game just to decide the outcome of one game that you then go on and play hundred and thirty of, uh, it felt you know it felt more extreme. But no one's holding a gun to your head saying you have to play all one hundred thirty games to experience you know the the yeah. baseball bases loaded two second season like you you don't have to play 130 games it's gonna you're gonna get everything you need out of the game pretty you know earlier sure but i think another reason that it wasn't it didn't feel as stale to me as it could have right away was i I think this is something i've mentioned on other other uh episodes before is that like sometimes with particularly with baseball but other sports games as well but but with baseball like when you're like the pitching mechanic i never felt like it had it down in a way where i've felt like I was using any of any quote unquote skill that would that would even translate or or be like adjacent to playing baseball where it's like okay you're picking your pitch you're deciding by hitting this button and that button but it doesn't feel like uh you know it doesn't feel like you're doing something that makes it like oh cool it's like I'm playing baseball a little bit whereas this game I I felt like did a little bit because it the, because the um the pitching is based on based on like your inputs in real time as you're pitching, which obviously doesn't translate to, you know, once you let go of the ball, you're not in control yeah. of the ball anymore in real baseball. But like it gives you something to be doing where it's like you feel like you're getting better as a player of this game. I, I always have a hard time articulating this point, but like something about this game particularly made me feel more like I was in control of like the pitch than other baseball games where it's like, okay, I decide what pitch I'm going to throw. Yeah, you very much are, um, more so than you should be. And and there are in previous baseball games that we've covered, it it also has this sort of after touch mechanic. I think that this one makes it subtle enough that it it's a bit like I buy it a bit more. But I've always been confused by this. Like, and it still exists in modern golf games too. Like that whole like after touch. Like while it's in the air, you can make it spin a certain direction so that when it hits the ground, it'll, it'll sort of roll back or whatever, which is not possible. And it's the same with pitching. Like, once it leaves the pitcher's hand, like, it, you can you curve it directly. Um, I always appreciate more, like, in the, again, in the more modern games where it's just sort of you play this sort of mini game and that determines how good of a pitch or, like, how good of a spot you picked and how it's going to hit that spot. Um, but I do agree that in, in terms of like this flavor of pitching, uh, it, it feels the most complete, um, from what we've played. 
Yeah, the reason that kind of thing doesn't like uh, the reason that I that I get like why they're doing it and why it doesn't bother me is because I feel like yeah, in, like to throw a baseball pitch, <laughs> like it's all about like the you know the way you move your wrist and the way you move your arm, which at least maybe back on the NES, like you couldn't really <coughs> properly translate that to something that was like input. So like all the inputs that they tried to do that weren't like you controlling it after it's left your hand felt like not like I was playing baseball. Whereas like obviously this doesn't either, but it it feels like it's like a it's like a compromise that they're making to like, okay, we have to give them more control. It's we have to do something to make it interaction. More. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, even though it shouldn't be that way, if you're trying to make it exactly like real baseball, I, I, I understand them thinking like if, if real baseball, a uh, real pitching, at least right now with what we've come up with so far, it doesn't translate perfectly to a video game. We have to come up with something different that can like seem like real baseball, but like really doesn't make any sense. And on the flip side of pitching, for batting, uh, maybe just a quirk for me, and I can't remember if they did this in Bases Loaded because these are the only games that take on this camera viewpoint of from behind the pitcher, but I was really aware in, in my playthrough of this game, the catcher's mitt and just almost like watching that more than anything else when I was batting because it's, it, it's very telling about the location of the ball more so than the ball that's coming at me. And I know that sounds strange, but you can kind of get a good idea if you're going to get a ball or a strike based on the catcher's mitt ahead of time. So it's not something that a real baseball player can take advantage of, but you can in this game. Yeah, it's like a one-to-one tracking, and you can kind of see, like, oh, if it's if that mitt is going fast enough that by the end of this pitch it's going to be, like, behind the pitcher or like way out to the side like that's gonna be a ball and i thought that i i noticed that too and i don't think i've seen that in anything previously as well and i that is pretty cool it's it's weird yeah and it's definitely a video game only it's a batting assist right right? it's like it's it's an assist mode thing that uh you know i'm not saying they have to turn off or anything it's again it's it's part of the presentation but if you saw somebody uh if you saw the catcher start with his mitt outside the zone and start to motion back in, you know that this guy's throwing a curveball that's going to wind up back in the strike zone and you can, you know, just time accordingly. Yeah, it gives you that chance to, like, to see it. I mean, obviously it's not easy if you're actually at bat in a real game, but, like, there's something more intuitive by about being there and using your own body and your own eyes at a, as a, well, you're using your own eyes, I guess, but, you know, like a ball that's coming at you <laughs> Even though, like, I'm sure that's hard to even, like, describe how you can see it, but you just do because you're there and it's intuitive. On a video game screen with this tiny little dot, like, I feel like they needed to give you something else. Since Major League Baseball, and specifically our commissioner, is so focused on making the game faster and more appealing for uh, the TikTok generation, uh, (laughs) I thought I'd mention that Bases Loaded 2 had a couple more ideas that maybe he... uh, might think to incorporate into his baseball game, and that is that there is a mercy rule in this game. If at any point after the fifth inning, you're winning by nine or more runs, the game automatically ends. Same hat with the computer if they're winning by nine or more runs. Uh, definitely not something that's ever happened in real baseball. I've seen teams lose 35-2, to two, and thankfully that only counts as one loss. Uh, that's the great <laughs> thing about baseball. Uh, also, no game is allowed to go past the 12th inning, 
And they have this whole bullshit right now that uh, Bases Loaded 2 didn't even dare put in their game, where, like, in extra innings, now there's a runner on second. But in Bases Loaded 2, they're like, no, the games just end after the 12th inning. (laughs) So I never saw this happen. Does it just give you a tie? I don't know what that would do to your standings, but uh, it doesn't count. It, it, like, doesn't say you lost. It just ends the game. And if you were in a season, it would just move on to the next game. Yeah, so I imagine it, it, it has just a feature for less ties. Games. Yeah. Yeah, because like, otherwise it would have to give one team the win and one team the loss, and that'd be messy, right? So theoretically, there, it has to be tied. Also, since we're talking about how fast this game can be played, there is a speed run of a single game of Bases Loaded 2, and somebody was able to complete a single game in 8 minutes and 26 seconds. I just think that's a neat speed run of, like, <laughs> you, have to, you have to score just enough to win, so hopefully just hit a you home run. You do have to win. Okay. Right. Like, just hit a home run at the very start of the game, and then just proceed to try to get out as fast as possible. <laughs> okay. I, I would have thought that the, that the speed run would just be like an actual any percent which is just strike out all the time and just try and strike them out all the time so that'd be zero zero or whatever but like okay i like that you have to win yeah and we talked about almost every kind of thing you could do in this game but we forgot to mention probably the easiest way to get out and that is the uh rather unkind uh, base running system that they have developed here because they don't understand how a, a coach might or even a manager, because you are the manager, how they might manage their team and make sure, like, hey, guys, if it's not two outs, like, don't run on every single fly ball. Like, <laughs> it's probably not a good idea because if they catch it, you have to run all the way back to the base you were assigned it. And this is something that took me a while to get used to, that every single time the ball goes into play, if I think that my player doesn't have a chance of making it to the next base, and spoiler alert, they really don't. I, don't, I know that, like, speed is dependent on the player, but a lot of these... Uh, speeds are misleading, and I think, like, even even at the slide, I think that I was safe, but the umpire calls me out. But you have to be trained to, in most balls that are put in play, to just say, like, nope, go right back to your base. Like, what are you doing? This isn't, it's not time to take off. Like, Yeah, they should, they should, they should go halfway and then stop, because every time, every time there's a fly ball, suddenly I'm like, panicked because i'm like i have to i have to like give like if, if i've got if, if bases are loaded or something i gotta give three commands of like oh go back go back go back like i gotta like pay it suddenly i've got like more yeah. managing to do in the middle of this play it, it almost became like again i didn't play this game for all that long but there there was a moment of just like muscle memory uh forming of like all right make sure that you immediately bring your runners back to base before you know where it's going. And that's a very, I guess that's a super conservative way to play, but like when you're hitting as many pop flies as I was, then it's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I also felt otherwise, I felt like I, I, this one, this game was very intuitive as far as like just like which, um, which runner to select to have them like keep going or to have them go back. But in those moments, I was always like too panicked, and then I'd always forget. Like hey, it's 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 B and, and left, or like I'm always like it should be easy, but like I would just I would just get in my own head about it. We used to be upset when there wasn't officially licensed teams. Seems like we've gotten over that once baseball stars made developing your own players cool, and I guess like developing your own players here too could also be fun. So it's not a huge loss that you can't play as the New York Mets or the Boston Red Sox or whoever you would want to play as. 
But they did do something interesting with some of the teams, and that is that uh, for the Washington, D.C. team, all of the players are named after politicians. In uh, Los Angeles, all the players uh, take their names from uh, Hollywood stars. And I think there was one other that I can't remember. Oh, it's in the Japanese game. Uh, They did something with, like, the developers or something like that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, baseball stars definitely made me not care as much about that i i still think that it's it's weird when it's just a couple teams that get like special treatment i guess you can count that as an easter egg but like how come you know minnesota doesn't have a bunch of minnesotans on it that like famous minnesotans you know (laughs) yeah all those or maybe i'm thinking of iowa i don't know but yeah it it's cute i would just say it'd be tough to do that for every city (laughs) i know (laughs) The original Bases Loaded sold 1.5 million copies, and uh, there's nothing to suggest that Bases Loaded 2 didn't sell as well, if not better. They are still going to make two more sequels of this game, Bases Loaded 3 and 4, and you can pick this card up today for just 5 bucks. so chances are it sold really well for it to be that cheap of an NES game. Yeah, I guess this is where we start to uh, see um, franchise loyalty kick in, maybe? I don't know. Right. You bought you Bases me. Loaded 1, so it's like you're going to buy Bases Loaded 2. I couldn't find actual numbers for how much Bases Loaded 2 sold, but obviously it sold well for them to say, yeah, we're going to make another one and another one, and then we're going to make more for the Super Nintendo. Um, it's funny how many baseball games there are, though, on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Not even just sequels of games, but just competing. Just games we play already. <laughs> yeah, just, just competing games because you don't have that anymore. It's, the, it's either you play MLB The Show or you're screwed. Yeah. Right? Like is Mad does Madden have any competition? No, they signed a they signed an exclusive contract right. it's bullshit. with the NFL. <laughs> um and I don't know if the show did as well with MLB. I just know that I was under the assumption that EA was like put going on a hiatus with baseball. Um but I don't remember the last time EA released a baseball game. Yeah, the last one I could think of is back in 2005 MVP baseball. That's the GOAT. <laughs> Is By that, a lot of people, not just one? me. It is considered, okay. uh, yeah, MVP Baseball 2005 with Manny Ramirez on the cover is considered. Th- th- that game let you, you talk about being a manager of your team and bases loaded too. In that game, you were like the owner of the actual team and could set the price of the popcorn in the stadium. Okay, yeah. So this is <laughs> like, like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yes, yeah. It had a whole other mode to it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like uh, late. 2000s Madden as well. Uh, I think they kind of got rid of those things, or, or at least reduced how important they are to your financial well-being. But it also sounds like the year 2005 was just the high watermark for alternative uh, uh, sports games because you know that's also ESPN, NFL, 2K5. So um, th- that was that's it's. I gotta start playing more 2005 games. This game, believe it or not, was novelized as part of the Worlds of Power series. You know, the <laughs> books that we've been covering for like Ninja Gaiden and Blaster Master. Well, Bases Loaded 2, not Bases Loaded 1, keep in mind. But for the sequel, they were like, we really need to lock down a Worlds of Power book for this one. It's a really weird pick. And uh, I didn't look up the, the plot or anything, but from the author's website, 
Uh, he says that since the game itself didn't have much of a plot, uh, he was free to create a comedic baseball storyline, um, and it turned out to be the title that he felt was the most fun to write because all the other ones he kind of had to adhere to the to the video game plot. Well, I can't wait until we read that for our listeners. Yeah, if you want to see content like that, just let us know. We'll do a whole Worlds of Power series and then get uh, season desist letters in the mail. <laughs> One thing that we don't do by mail, but we do on the podcast, is the Essential Games list. Sean, your vote for Bases Loaded 2, second season. Oh, it is still December, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. This is one of my final, one of my final votes. First. My final first vote. Um, Yeah, so we put Baseball Stars on the Essential Games list, and then we took it off not too long ago. And as much as I think this is a very competent baseball game and a lot of the mechanics that they're adding and changing, I, I, I like, uh, but if, if I had to, if I had to take off baseball stars with all of its fun amusements, the, the metagame stuff that, that, that seemed like no one else was doing that. I, I can't in good conscience put Bases loaded two second season on here. I, I think it's very good, but it doesn't have the personality that that had. And in sports games, that's very important. So not essential. Joe, I think we we use this <laughs> this um, argument of like if something better comes along, it doesn't mean that the the earlier thing is still not doesn't have value. And then we also use the argument that like, hey, this is better, so I don't need to don't need to play this one anymore. Like we use those both. I think we did that in the best of I think we talked about both those things in the in the best of eighty-nine. And I just want to clear that up with this vote. Where I think that there's a difference for me where with like a baseball game where something comes along in the future. You think I know plenty of baseball games will come along after this. Uh that will make me realize, like, okay, this has improved the whole formula of this, and there's nothing left in that older baseball game that, that makes me need to go back to it. And then there are other games where it's like, oh, this has improved the whole formula, but there's still, there's still value. I don't want to say value, like there's no value in this game, but like there's still something about Super Mario Brothers that, I, that is, is fantastic in the gameplay and in the charm and in the environments and in the levels that, like, just because Super Mario Bros. 3 exists, I don't have to go back to it. With a game like baseball, it's hard for me, it's hard for me to, to feel that way about it because it's like they're, they're all, a lot of them are trying to do the same thing. So when one improves on the next, on the earlier iteration, it is hard for me to say, like, yeah, this is an essential game. Like, if you're... If you're if you want to play a baseball game, it's got to be this one or like this has to be one of them. So I'm gonna say no. I would say that this could be maybe an essential NES baseball game of all the NES baseball games. But I I, I just think you know go play MVP 2005. I hear that's a good uh, a, a good uh, <laughs> baseball good. experience. Rumor has it uh, that's all I let Sean know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You know, I love the idea of players getting hot and going into slumps and trying to just do something to uh, emulate the season experience. Uh, everybody who's a fan of any particular baseball team will note, like, my favorite player is my favorite when they're good. And it's like, then they start to, you know, have, like, four strikeout games in a row. And you're like, 
start booing them, and then you love them again when they get hot. So <laughs> it feels like if this was the baseball game your family bought, and that was all you had, or at least until bases loaded three, right? You could easily sink a ton of time into it and, and try to get far into a season. I'm not saying you're going to complete the whole season and questioning if that's even worth it because it just you get a screen that says world champions followed by some credits and then a team photo. And the team photo is stock. You know, it's not like your experience across the 130 games changes what happens in the photo. So not sure how much that's worth it. My point being, wrapping it back up to my own childhood... Growing up on the N64, we only had MLB featuring Ken Griffey Jr. And between me, my dad, and my brother, we all took our chances at playing a full season. And I think the closest we ever got was, and it was a 162-game season, the closest we ever got was like 120 games in. And then you just like, I don't know, you get tired of it, you stop playing for a little bit, you forget what happened, and you just start a new season. Like you, I never got to the end of a season, and I never felt like, oh, this game stinks because I never got all the way to the end. But that's really the only reason you would go through a full season here. There isn't actually enough reward or dynamic changes across the season to make it worth it. And for a game, it's all about selling you. I mean, the first thing in the back of the box was, can you play and manage a World Series team? For it to focus on that, they mostly focused on the same repetitive experiences that you'll have over and over and over again. And for that, it doesn't really stand out too much other than the little details we mentioned against all the other baseball games we played on the NES. So I don't think it's enough to make it pop. Are you a bad enough dude to win the World Series? <laughs> next uh, next week, we are playing a boy and his blob, Trouble in Blobalonia. And um, that's, like a, that's like a cult classic game. I don't think, I think the verdict's out on whether that's a good or a bad game, but you should let us know. Write into us uh, on www.nostalgicast.com. And there's a little contact button right in and say, I think a boy with a boy in his blob is pretty good, but only the Wii version. Like, yeah, give me your hot takes. I want to hear them. And for everybody who's just um, uh, a patron, they'll also be able to look forward to our next Nostalgia Bites episode, which is All Night Nippon Super Mario Brothers. And I know what you're saying. That's just Super Mario Brothers with like some DJs coming out of the warp pipes instead of piranha plants. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not just a look at that game. It's a look at many Super Mario Brothers games. And we're going to look at so many different ones that I can't even cover them all here. But if you really want to see what they did with Super Mario Brothers uh, elsewhere, not even just on the NES, this is the episode for you. And you can join that at patreon.com slash nostalgia. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter. And I'll talk to you soon.